If you have a Bible today, you can turn in uh, Hebrews, to Hebrews chapter 12. That's where we're going to start. A couple, just a couple of verses that we're going to read today. We're going to start in Hebrews chapter 12. We have been in a series called Mature, and what we are doing as a church is just studying what it looks like to be a mature believer, what it means to grow in our faith. Uh, we've been doing a lot of comparisons to raising children, how as young kids, we, they go through different stages of growth and maturity, and we encourage that as parents. Same thing with mature spiritual lives. We want to grow. We don't want to just get stuck in a state of a young faith, but we want to keep growing. That's the thing that I love about having youth ministry, boys' nights, Minnesota Youth Convention, because we want the young believers, the next generation of faith, to grow and mature. And so we're, actually, that's what we're talking a little bit about today. But we have been talking about various uh, topics, ideas. Last week, we talked about um, being vocal in our faith, being proclaim. what are we proclaiming? How the Bible talks about how difficult it is at times to control our tongue and the words that we say, but the sign of a mature believer, one of the signs of a mature believer is that we are controlling our tongue. We're using our tongue to build others up, to edify others, to build ourselves up, to glorify God. These are the things that should be first and foremost on our lips. And so I hope you took advantage of our opportunity this morning when we were singing. It's hard to tell when you're wearing masks if anyone's really singing, but to use this time, to use our words, to use our voices to proclaim God's goodness. Amen? To proclaim His glory, how good He has been to us. That was last week. Today we are going to talk about one um, idea, and it's going to, we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 12. And if you're watching online this morning, welcome. We're glad that you're with us today. We love that people are tuning in online. Um, but Hebrews chapter 12, verse, verse 15, it says this, and I'm reading out of the NIV uh, translation. Hebrews 12, verse 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So this is not a message about bitterness, even though that bitter root is in there, and that would be a sign of a mature believer is to not have a bitter root in our life. But what we're talking about today is the first three words in that verse, verse 15, see to it. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. The Greek word, the New Testament was originally written in Greek, so the Greek word that was translated to that phrase, see to it, because when we read that, we might think, well, you know, we should kind of observe, or, you know, if we can do this, let's try to do this. See to it. That word in the Greek was the word, ep wait, I got it written down here, episcopeo. Everyone say episcopeo. We're not Greek scholars here, but we're going to try to pronounce it. Episcopeo. And that word would be a word that would they would have used that same word to describe like a bishop or an overseer or someone who had an official responsibility. So in other words, this, um, it would be the office of something, to be responsible for, to be put in charge of. So when we see that verse again in Hebrews 12, 15, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. What it's saying is, you're in charge of this. As a follower of Jesus, you have this responsibility. You have this role to steward, to be a steward of. We have been placed over this task like a bishop or an overseer. We don't think of faith this way very often, do we? We see faith as kind of a feeling, how life is going, what our, our opinions about God. But mature faith is this word stewardship. We have a role we have been put over something as followers of Jesus. It's a stewardship. It's a responsibility. 
When we hear stewardship in church, usually we think of finances. We think of money because that's when the pastor will talk about giving or tithing. We'll talk about this, how God has given us resources and we are supposed to steward them well, to manage them well. He has put these resources under our responsibility. Well, it is not just in the world of finances. It's not just the resources that God gives us that he wants us to steward. But stewardship involves everything that God has given us, including the day, today. God has given today to you to steward well. This is what Hebrews 12, 15 is talking about. See to it. Provide oversight. Own it. You're responsible for it. Today, you are responsible for the attitudes that grow up in your heart. Today, you are responsible for the grace that other people will experience, whether they hear the message of Jesus or not. God has given you this day to steward well. And it's not just to kind of have some opinions. It is a, an official episcopeo Greek word, a role, a responsibility. You have ownership over it. You are responsible for it. That means it's your responsibility that no one falls short of the grace of God. It's your responsibility that no evil attitudes take root in your life. That's your responsibility. And that little word, episcopeo, is very sobering today, isn't it? Right? If you're wanting to just kind of coast through and, and be a follower of Jesus when it's convenient, it, that's a sobering idea of, no, there's a, there's a responsibility there. And in the same way as... Um, you know, the parable of the talents in the New Testament, Jesus is teaching that the, the landowner gives seed or talents to some people. He gives resources to some people. And then he comes back and he holds them account for what they've done with the ten talents and the five talents and the one talent. We familiar with that story? The same way that we are going to be held in account someday for how we have stewarded what God has given us, how we have spent our days, how we have used this faith that God has given us. It's not just something that's going to be passing by, but we are going to be held accountable. That's scary at times. That's sobering at times. You are responsible for your faith, for your attitudes. This is a lesson, man. It just it, it, uh, parallels with raising kids so often because how often do, will we say to our kids, well, whose responsibility is your attitude? Your attitude. You are, right? That's, we do that to our kids, right? Amen. Kids on the front row. You've heard your parents say that. If you are filled with anger or pride or bitterness, as Hebrews 12 was saying, if you are lazy in your faith, if you have allowed sin to take root in your life, who's responsible for that? You are. This is your responsibility for it. Spiritual maturity means that you recognize your responsibility to guide and direct and to give oversight on what goes in your heart, what goes on in your minds, in your emotions, in your thoughts. And it is so easy in any area of life to rather than own the responsibility, what do we do? We like to blame other people. We like to say, well, I'm only this way because of this. This happened to me. Or if this would stop happening to me. Or depending on what's going on in our world, or COVID, or an election, or everything that's rotten about 2020, we think, well, that's an excuse to have a rotten attitude. Well, no, you are responsible. It's nobody else's fault for what goes on in your mind and your emotions. It's not your parents' fault. It's not your parents' responsibility or your friend's responsibility, or your kids, or your coworkers, or your pastors. It's easy to blame your pastors. Blame Pastor Christie. No, for what goes on the attitudes of your heart. You have been placed in this office, this authority, this role as an overseer, a bishop, an episcopeo of your heart. 
You are responsible for your faith. This is what we're talking about today. So as we go through this series, we've got a few weeks left after this. Mature faith means recognizing bad habits, not just on the outside that people can see, but bad habits of thought, emotions, bitterness, areas of sin and compromise, and then owning it, addressing it, realizing that you are responsible for it, that you will be held accountable for it one day. So let's just not settle. Let's have those moments in times of prayer, in times when we're listening to a sermon like this or when we're reading the Word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to maybe nudge you and say, yeah, that's something that we need to work on. That's something that you have been tripping over or dealing with for long enough. Let's address it. Let's own it. Let's be responsible for it. We are overseers of the faith that God has given us, of the time that He has given us. And here's another sobering fact. So that's the first thought. The first thought is sobering enough. we got to be mindful of the faith in our hearts, what God has given us. But the second one is even more sobering. We are not just overseers for our faith. But look at what that said in, 15, in Hebrews 12, 15. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. No one. We are responsible not only for our faith, We are not only responsible for the grace that is alive in us, but in others as well. The world around us, this group of people, our kids, our family, our coworkers, where God has put us, what he has done is he has put us in a role and given us an overseer role for the faith in the people that we are encountering. Does that make sense? It doesn't mean we control everybody. We're not, you know, owning them. We can't, we can't go to work tomorrow and say, I'm the bishop and God has put me here, so you got you to gotta do what I say. You should try it. That'd be kind of funny. We could say that in our family and see how well that goes. No, but God has given you a responsibility for the grace and the faith of your coworkers of your fellow classmates. God has you there for a reason. You might think you're just riding out the clock at high school or at your work. You're like, I just can't wait to Friday, right? I just got to get through Monday through Friday. No, you are episcopeo. You are in a position where you have oversight and responsibility for the faith of the people that you're around, of the gospel that they hear. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. Right now, there are billions of people in the world who don't know about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. They don't know about the hope that's in Jesus Christ. We have people around here that don't know about the hope in Jesus Christ. Who's responsible for that? We are. You are. That's why God has put you here. See to it that no one falls short of the grace. So there's an ownership, a sobering responsibility that hits all of us today. If we want to be mature in our faith, we recognize This is a responsibility that we have to take seriously, amen? This isn't something we just coast through. Jesus gave his great commission in Matthew chapter 28. This is after Jesus died and rose again and ministered to people. This was his parting words. And when someone someone is leaving and gives their final instructions, you know it's important, right? If you've ever been a teenager and your parents left you home for a day or a night and they left and you think, what was that last thing they said? I think it was probably pretty important. I probably should have been paying it more attention. This was the disciples with Jesus. He's giving his final words in Matthew 28 when he gives them the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. It was not a if-you-have-time-for-it suggestion. 
It's not a if you feel like it or make sure, you know, that somebody's doing it. Somebody else is going to own this responsibility. It was you. As a follower of Jesus, if that's you, you have a responsibility to go into the world and make disciples. As the, as the writer of Hebrews said, that no one falls short of the grace of God. Your neighbor, we are responsible for that they would not fall short of the grace of God, that they wouldn't miss it, that they wouldn't miss this opportunity for new life in Christ. It's our commission. It's our episcopeo, our responsibility. The other verse I want to look at today is in Ephesians chapter 5. So you can flip just a little bit ahead to Ephesians chapter 5. Have you noticed, I've noticed this, that when we've been talking about spiritual maturity, and Christy's preached a few times, done a great job, um, when her or I have both preached, I think almost every week we've mentioned Ephesians, the book of Ephesians somewhere. There's so much in the book of Ephesians about maturing in your faith. And so if you wanted, if you were looking for something to read in the Bible this week, Ephesians is a great, you can read through the book of Ephesians in about 20 minutes. You could read through it every day this week, learning about what it means to mature in your faith. But Ephesians chapter 5, again, Paul, the Apostle Paul who wrote this, is talking to his audience about what it means to mature in your faith. It means to, he's talking about be imitators of Christ, to not waver in your devotion, to not walk in darkness. And then after he's giving all these instructions, he kind of sums it up in verse 14 of chapter 5. Ephesians 5, verse 14, it says this. This is why it said, so kind of to sum up, this is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of every day, every opportunity. Because of all of these things, Paul is saying, all these ways that we want you to mature in your faith, because of this, don't live unwise, but live wise. And how do we do that? How do we live as wise, mature Christians? We make the most of every opportunity. We make the most of every opportunity. I love the start of that, verse 14. This is why it says, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Make the most of every opportunity. What Paul is saying is, that's our message, to go into the world. If it's complacency in our heart and we're not owning our faith well, then we tell ourselves, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead. Allow, allow Christ to shine on you. And then if we are doing that, then we take it to other people, to our world that is lost in darkness. Wake up. Wake up, you who are lost in darkness. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is what Paul is talking about. Make the most to steward faith and maturity, not just in yourself, but in other people. Amen? So this is what Paul is talking about. In, in other words, as stewards of this, as people who are responsible, as episcopeos, you are responsible for not only not wasting your life, but to make sure that you are spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ to our dark world, to see them awake and arise and to see Christ shine in them as well. This is mature faith. Not to consume, not to be just about us, but about others knowing the gospel, right? This is very foundational, that others would know. We must make the most of every day and every opportunity because we have been commissioned by Jesus Christ to go and make disciples, to make the most of our day, to not waste a single day where we could be seeing the light of Jesus, the grace of God, shine in those around us and around the world. 
And the sobering news, not only will we be held accountable for the attitudes in our heart, one day we're going to stand before God and be held accountable for how we spent our days. Again, that parable of the talents where the master came back and said, okay, I gave you all of these resources. How did you steward them? How were you responsible for them? You were in charge of what I gave you. How did you use it? And one day we're going to stand before God and give an account for how we stewarded our faith. Now, there's one distinction I want to make here. This is not a, um, as a teenager and a kid and a teenager especially, I would, and maybe it was kind of bad teaching from a Sunday school teacher, but you'd hear this like, anytime you sin, you're going to have to get to heaven one day and God's going to pull open the file cabinet of, and then in the first grade, you did this, and then you looked at this, and then you said this, and you would think, that's going to take forever, Right? <laughs> Not me, but, you know, I felt like I had to make that disclaimer. <laughs> this is not, there's not going to, if you are in Christ, there's not going to be a moment where you stand there and have to give account for every poor decision, every time you fell short, every sin you ever committed. Because that is the wonderful thing about mercy of Jesus Christ, is that when God looks at us, it's going to be like, you know, pulling the file cabinet open and, whoa, there's not, all we see is Jesus. That's the best news, okay? So we're not going to stand before God one day and have to give account for all the sinful things we did. Amen. But we are going to give an account for how we spent our days as followers of Jesus. What did you do with what God gave you, the time he gave you, the resources he gave you? God's going to say, hey, I gave you this many days on the earth. What did we do with it? This is why Paul is telling the believers in Ephesians, don't live as unwise and waste your days. Make the most of every day. Make the most of every day. How are you managing your days? How are you managing the time and the resources that God gave you? A sobering thing that I was, that I was thinking about this week. As pastors, as Christ, Christy and I, as the pastors of Homestead Church, we're going to give an account for your faith one day. That scares me sometimes, right? We're going to stand before God and give an account for the people that he placed in Homestead Church as the pastors. We're responsible for you. That should keep me up at night more than I, than I think it does. Dennis, I'm responsible for Dennis. <laughs> God is going to look at us and say, what'd you do with Dennis? I'm like, I don't know. I tried. There's gonna be, I think there's going to be times where I'm going to say, God, you don't understand. It was 2020, and all anyone wanted to talk about was COVID and the election. We tried. They weren't listening to us. But we are, we are stewards over what God has given us. You are stewards over your family, your sphere of influence, and we're going to be held in account. We must not waste our days. We must not just have faith be a passive thing, but we must own it. Own what's going on in your heart. Don't waste another day just dealing with the same old, same old. Own what is going on in our world. It is our responsibility to see the grace of God shine in our world. Students, if you ever get back to school more than one or two days a week, you are responsible to see the grace of God shine in your school. God has put you there for a reason, right? Do well in school, work hard, do homework, but you are also bringing the light of Jesus and the grace of God with you. We need to grow just in this mindset. Grow up in, the, I don't want this to be like a condemning thing at all. I want this to be just a reminder that we got to make the most of our days. We need to have a greater intolerance for just wasting a day, wasting an opportunity to share the grace of God, wasting an opportunity to come in here to lift up praises to God. We need to make the most of every day. We need to grow in this. 
Evangelism must be the heartbeat of everything we do at Homestead Church, at collectively as a church, and you as individuals. We have to have evangelism be part of our spiritual growth, growing in that. We grow in worship. We grow in fellowship. We grow in generosity. We must grow in how we reach our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want you to, very practically speaking, I want you to be mindful of it this week. Just start to have conversations. Just start practicing. Be thinking this week of, if I were to share my faith, what Jesus means to me, what would I say? Have, just start thinking of that. Maybe write it down. I know it sounds very unspiritual and too practical to like practice that, but why would we not do that? Write it down and say, if a conversation comes up where someone says, well, why do you go to church? I, would, I want us all to have something to say. I don't want any of us to be like, I don't know, because I just thought it was what I was supposed to do. If you're there, that's great, and we're glad that you're with us today. If you're watching online and you're just like, I just watch online church because that's what I'm supposed to do, we love that you're doing that, but that's not where we want you to end. We want you to grow, and growing means, okay, this gospel that is in me, now I need to take it to the world around us. We need to pass it on to the next generation. This gospel message, stewarding the gospel message means it doesn't stop with us. We have a young generation. They were all here playing laser tag and having MYC and pizza this weekend. That is why we're doing that, because this young generation is going to be the next generation that carries this gospel message when we are gone. We need to make sure that we raise them up, mature believers, having a faith that is built on the solid rock like we've been singing about today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, that their life would be built on this faith. This is why we are here, to steward the gospel message so that the next generation can grow up being good stewards of the gospel message. So in regards to our kids, the next generation, how are we stewarding our faith with our kids? What are we passing down to our kids? What are our kids learning about life and faith and mercy and grace and boldness and courage? What are they learning by watching us? We can say a lot of things, but students, you don't need to, uh, you don't need to say amen to this because you're probably sitting near your parents, but there's a lot of times where parents can say a lot of things and it just sounds a little bit like blah, 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 right? This is where you're not supposed to say amen, looking at you two guys. <laughs> but you're going to learn, kids, you know you learn a lot more just by watching mom and dad. You learn more by watching mom and dad. I, I remember growing up, and uh, it didn't occur to me how kind of rare or important this was, but I would walk in, I would come downstairs in the morning, and so often I would see my dad in prayer, on his knees praying, reading the Bible. As a kid, I just thought that was kind of normal. But now that I've grown up, I realize what, a, what an impact that made on me for a kid to see mom or dad on their knees in prayer to hear them crying out to God. What a foundational thing that we shouldn't just stop with telling our kids, yeah, it's important to pray. They should see mom and dad praying. They should see mom and dad reading the word because they are going to learn that by just observing. That is one way we're going to pass down this to our kids. What are we passing down in regards to faith? I think there's... We, I heard someone joking earlier. Tony, I think you were joking how you said, um, oh, we've indoctrinated our kids to grow up to be Packers fans, right? Did you, did you say something like that? Okay, sorry. I see another Packers jersey today, so you're safe. Okay. We hand down a lot of things to our kids as far as sports teams that they cheer for. Um, we can hand down a lot of things, personality traits, how to handle money, all of these things. 
first and foremost, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not anti-sports for kids. I think kids should be in sports. It's a great way to learn a lot of things and a lot of skills. But if it is, if those things are primary of what we are passing down to the next generation over faith, well, then we've got our priorities mixed up. So this is not a, a bashing all the other things. These, they're good things that we hand down to our kids, but they are not the most important things. Sports teams, athletic abilities, hobbies, what teams they cheer for, who they will vote for one day. These are, these are fine. These are all good, but they are not the most important thing. And if we are spending most of our time worried about, I got to make sure my kid grows up to cheer for the Vikings and vote for a certain party and have certain sports skills, it's fine. But if it is over faith in Jesus Christ and how to be good stewards of every day that God has given them, then we have our priorities mixed up. First and foremost, we need to teach our next generation to make the most of their days in regards to faith, to impact their world, to calling those who are in darkness to awake and arise and see the light of Christ shine through. This is what we want our kids and teenagers to grow up doing. And as parents, we are responsible. Episcopeo, we are in the official role of being held accountable for how our kids will grow up. We are responsible for the young generation at Homestead Church, how they will grow up in their faith. I loved MYC this weekend, boys' night last night. We do these things to give our kids an opportunity not just to grow in relationship and to make connections, and those are important things. Not just to have fun in church, those are important things. Not just to provide an opportunity to come together, but to provide an opportunity for them to invite friends. Provide an opportunity for them to grow in their faith, to have those moments where faith becomes a real part of their life. So kids and teenagers, I want to talk to you today and my kids are going to start rolling their eyes because they've heard me say this before, but I want to talk to all the kids and teenagers here. you got to receive this word today. You have been given an opportunity to live every day with the mercy and grace and the calling of Jesus Christ. Every day is a gift that we are to make the most of. You've been given this amazing opportunity to see the light of Jesus impact your world, to see the power of the Holy Spirit come alive in your life. This is an opportunity that you have every day. You need to make the most, you need to grow and learn how to make the most of every day and not just take a lot of days and be like, uh, it's fine, it's just one day. Make the most of a day to walk in abundant life and to impact your world. There is more to life than YouTube. <laughs> if my son went, and TikTok and Instagram and video games, okay? Now, my son will maybe be here the, the second service, and he's going to hear that video games, and he's like, great, Dad's talking to me again about video games. He's tired of me talking about video games. And it's not just because I can't keep up with him anymore at the video games that we used to play together. There's more to life than those things. There's more to life than TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and video games. Those are not necessarily bad things, but they can waste a day pretty easily. Parents, there is more to life than... Instagram, YouTube, and video games, and fantasy football, okay? Amen to that? And Facebook, that's right, the old people are on Facebook. I was going to say TikTok to the parents, but parents don't know how to use TikTok. I tried, I can't figure it out. Again, there are, our days can be filled with things that are not necessarily bad, but they are not making the most of your day. I want to speak now to the men for a little bit. We need, you to, we need the men to step up. 
I, I just, I've noticed this sometimes in our church, and I've noticed this in other churches. In churches, women's ministry just kind of happens. There's women's groups, there's mom's groups, there's women's Bible study, and I think just genetically speaking, women love to get together and talk and share feelings and all, and so all these events are, and they're happy to leave the kids at home and to get out of the house and to do something. Those things tend to naturally happen. Men's groups, men's discipleship is a harder thing because for whatever reason, men are just like, oh, I want to go talk to people. Or It's harder to find opportunities for men to grow in their faith and to be discipled. Men, we need you to step up. Too many men are just along for the ride in regard to faith and discipleship. In regards to handing down faith to the next generation, men, too often we're just taking the passive role, well, mom gets them to church you know, well, if, they, if mom wants to go, we'll go. We need the men to step up, right? We need the men to step up. I want men's ministry to be a, a strong aspect of this church. Men, as a gender, we are falling behind in the areas of stewarding our faith well, and that might be overgeneralizing it, but we need to make sure that when we stand before God one day, men, we're going to give an account for how the family's faith was stewarded. That's one of the things that you are going to answer for. We're going to stand before God one day and give an account for the spiritual life of your family. Did you own it? Did you steward it well? Did you make the most of every opportunity? So all of us together, young and old, men and women, people watching online today, why would we waste a single day of life with Jesus? Why would we waste a single opportunity to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, to see his light come through us and impact our world? This is making the most of our day. Sure, let's have times when we relax at home and watch a movie. That's fine. This, my message is not about busyness, and it's not about constant activity. And spiritual life can mean rest. It does mean rest. Today, I am going to spend the afternoon partaking and making the most of the opportunity to rest on the couch and fall asleep during another Vikings game. Vikings games are awesome for napping, too. It is great. So this is, spiritual lives is rest. But there is a difference between resting and just wasting a day, right? There's a difference between, the, I, I just know in my physical body, I can tell the difference when I've made the most of a day by being intentional about what I'm supposed to do. And that can involve rest. That can involve time watching TV with the family. But there's a difference. If I am wasting a day and I'm just like, oh, I don't feel like getting off the couch today, just Physical-wise, I can feel that. You know, you can feel that, right? Just like, oh, you just feel itchy and crabby, and that's a good sign that you have not made the most of your day. But I'm not talking about being busy all the time or constant activity. What I'm talking about is this, and I've experienced this, and I know many people here have experienced this. What I felt uh, Friday after MYC or last night after laser tag with the boys was tired, first of all, yes, but I felt there was like a deep soul kind of um, satisfaction. There's just something deep in your heart where you're like, I am exhausted and everything hurts. I can't straighten out this one leg because it just is cramping up because I was chasing kids around. You know, there's that. Th but inside, I know that was a great day. That was a day spent doing the thing that God has me to do. You're going to experience that in your life. It might be time with your family. It might be sharing your faith. It might be working hard on a project. It might be being involved in church. There's going to be something that comes when you have that deep satisfaction of knowing today was spent to the utmost of God's calling in my life, right? It could be any number of things, but you're going to know it when you're living these days to what God has called you to do. Don't 
waste a day. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity to live for God. This is mature faith, where we own what God has given us. When we own the attitudes in our heart, when we own our thoughts and we are taking responsibility for them, when we own the spiritual temperature of our family, we're taking responsibility for that. When we own the gospel message being brought to the people of Farmington and the South Twin Cities and around the world, this is spiritual maturity. This is what we need to grow in, amen? And here's the thing. I think this church collectively, I think there's great I think there's great potential in any church, and I think the local church is just how God is moving in our culture, but specifically for Homestead Church. I just, Christy and I, staff and the elders, we've, we've sensed this. Other people have come up to us. We just sense that God is preparing us for something, that God is about to do something impactful and big. And I don't mean big as far as like mega church stage and notoriety and my face on a billboard, because nobody cares about that stuff, Right? Face on a billboard would be pretty sweet, though. <laughs> Some of you are like, you're wearing the shirt for it today. That's a, wearing your mega pastor shirt. I'm not talking in stage or recognition or notoriety. That stuff isn't important. It will not matter. We're not going to stand before God one day and say, how big was your church or how, you know, how important, were, how famous were you or anything like that. But here's the deal. We've had a number of families that have come here that just feel like, we don't. We just sense that God told us to be here, and it's people who are who who could be in full time ministry elsewhere, who were involved in full time ministry elsewhere, who have ministries outside of this church. But for whatever reason, God has said, "You're supposed to be here." And so we look at that and we say, "Wow, we need to steward that well." But we believe that God is up to something. There's something in our youth ministry that is special, that God is building something. There's something in our kids' ministry, what's going on downstairs, where God is building something. We need all of you to be ready to be involved and to mature, to be ready to go, to not waste a day, to not uh, miss an opportunity to steward what God has given you, the resources and the calling and the challenge and the commission. Amen? God is preparing us for something. I fully believe it, and we as the church leadership, we believe it. God is forming the next generation of homestead leaders in our youth ministry. God is about to do things where we're going to impact our community in in just unique ways. I just think God is building a church that is going to, in a unique way, be able to impact our community. People who are so tired and turned off by church for whatever reason, I just think that God is building something here where we're going to have a unique opportunity to see God get a hold of their heart. And I get excited about these moments where um, there's, there's certain people I meet that just seem so closed off to faith. Or I'll meet them and be like, I want nothing to do with church. And my first thought is, I can't wait to see them get saved. It's going to be one of those things where we're going to be like, ha, 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 ha. we totally saw you get saved. Even though you were totally far away from Jesus, these are the things that excite me. And this is what should excite us as maturing believers for the people in our schools and neighborhoods and community. Amen. So I want you to be open to grow in your faith. I want you to be open to maybe God putting a a ministry dream in your heart. Maybe God is calling you to something. It could be whatever it is. It could be serving in in a way here at the church. It could be something outside this church where you're like, for whatever reason, I just feel like God is challenging us and our family to be involved in this. We want to help you and support you, but let's be open to God stirring those dreams in us, to maturing in the faith, to stewarding well what he has given us. Amen? I'm excited about what's going what's gonna to come, but we need to be ready to do this and to grow in this. So let's close in prayer today.
And as we just take a minute, maybe the Holy Spirit is just uh, tugging on your heart or speaking something to you or um, confirming something, maybe an area in your life where you need to take ownership of it. It's time to just deal with it. Maybe it's a calling, a ministry calling that God has put on your heart for something in this church, a ministry to start in this church or outside of this church or something in your community. But just allow the Holy Spirit to just speak an individual message to each of us. Holy Spirit, we live open-handed. We live with open hearts. We want to receive from you. And we've already received so much as far as opportunities, as far as grace, as far as calling, as far as salvation, as far as family that we can minister to and steward this faith. So, Lord, we want to take the most of every opportunity and steward that well. But, God, we want to live open-handed. If you want to put a dream in our heart, a change of direction, something that you're calling us to do, we want to grow in our faith and grow in that. So speak to our hearts. And I pray that each of us would grow in maturity in our thoughts and in, our, in the inner life and in the outer life, in how we see the grace of God impact our world. We want to see lives changed for you. And we want to be a part of that. And we, we want to steward it well. And we want, ultimately, one day, we want to stand before you. And with every day we spent on the earth, we want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. You are good stewards of what I gave you. So that's what we want. So use this message as a time to kind of reaffirm that calling, reaffirm that message, that desire in us. So I pray that we will grow in that. We're excited about what you're doing in this church. I'm excited about what you're doing in each of the people who are here today and listening online. Continue that work. We're open to be used however you want. And we thank you that you would use us in these ways. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Homestead. It was great having you here today. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.